We have had a lot of cool guests on the uh, series Radio War Stories, which sometimes I mistakenly call Radio Horror Stories, and really either one works. It's not really a formal title, and I get confused easily. Uh, this week, we have an obvious guest uh, from our own backyard. It is Fallon Bonset, and I said, hey, Fallon, will you be on my podcast? She's like, I don't have any Radio War Stories. And I said, are you sure? And she's like, well, I do have. And then she says, oh, I do have a bunch. So I'm not going to make you wait for this at all. I'm only going to say, let's jump right in and get started this week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything with Radio War Stories with Fallon Bonset. Oh my God, it's Fallon Bonset. Oh my God. Fallon, thanks for being on the podcast. Um, I appreciate this. It is a Sunday afternoon. It's your day off. I'm not working tomorrow because it's International Women's Day tomorrow. Yes. And uh, so thanks for taking this time. Have you been busy planning the big show tomorrow? I have been. I've been like getting some stuff for the website ready and kind of having like backup ideas ready in case something doesn't, you know, perform well, kind of, just so we don't have any blank space of like, ah, what do we do now? So yeah, I've been going back and forth with Jenny and Tina who are doing the show with me a lot today. And we and Jenny and I planned a lot of it last week. Um, so it's kind of like finalizing a lot of things today. Are you going to talk about what a jerk I am tomorrow on the show? We're not going to say your name. Like okay. we're going to talk about you, but we're going to be like this guy, like I don't want to say any names, but like it's a guy we work with regularly. He isn't here today, like that kind of vibe. So we're never going to completely say it's about you. Like we're going to let people like use their imagination, obviously. That's, that sounds fair. I think that's fair. No, I Our- I mean, I had a conversation with them where like, because like we're doing a um kind of like a bit we did last week with or a couple weeks ago with Jenny where she did her sex and playlist and giving scenarios and we're gonna do that with like women empowerment playlist and I you know I kind of emailed them and I said hey I don't want it to be each scenario is like a guy bashing scenario so let's just make sure like like because they they don't have to be this you know women's empowerment doesn't have to be guy bashing situation either so um, we went through that and cleared up, cleaned up a couple of things, and I think it'll be fun tomorrow. I, I like that because I think there are some guys that are worthy of being bashed, but I think at our situation, I hope you'll agree, at our station, I don't think there's any reason to bash the guys at our station. No. Especially me because I think I try to be really fair. Yeah. And I hardly ever make any sexist comments. I rarely say, hey, get in the kitchen where you need to be to get me coffee. Yeah. I mean, and I rarely say anything rarely. like that. Yeah, it's, it's only like every other day that you say something like that. Obviously, it's not daily. Or well, you know what's day. funny is that is that um, you know, I don't even make jokes like that because I don't even think jokes like that are very funny where it's like, hey, woman, get in there and make me a sandwich. I don't even think jokes like that really have a place anymore because it just sounds like not that people are overly sensitive. They are, but it's just not funny anymore. You know, no. it's like it's just I don't even like, you know, I mean, probably in the past on the show, we would make a joke like um, I, I don't know, some sort of a sexist joke to make a joke of being sexist. Right. But well, to I make think, fun of sexism, yeah. but we don't even do that anymore because it just doesn't it's not funny. No, and also us women, we aren't falling into the stereotype as well anymore because honestly, like I'm a terrible cook. Like you don't want me in the kitchen and I think a lot of women are the same. So we don't even fall into the like fun stereotypes anymore. <laughs> well, let's get started with uh, with radio horror stories. And I'm going to start with one that you remember because it happened before you even started at KDWB. Yeah. And that is when I flew, you flew out for an interview and uh, tell the story. 
Oh, okay. So is it – so just my horror story of interviewing with you. Pretty much, yeah. Well, I really desperately wanted the job. And so I had found a way to get Dave's personal email address because there's like the email address where all the resumes and stuff go. And then I also know most people have a personal one. So I didn't want to be lost in the shuffle. So I emailed Dave and kind of was like, hey, I'll pay for my plane ticket if you'll interview me. And Dave was pretty like, oh, well, how could I say no to that? And you, I think you gave, you were like, send me a video, show me like that you're funny. I made a video. I didn't hear back. Um, actually, after the video is when I offered to fly myself out. So I said, hey, I'm going to fly out on uh, MLK Day. Do you guys work on MLK Day? And you said, yeah, we do. So I booked this $500 ticket, $500. First of all, that's an expensive plane ticket even now. Um, but even like especially then because I was not making a lot of money. So that was like I had to put it on the credit card, you know. And then you called me and let me know, hey, haha, silly me. We actually have MLK Day off. Can you come the next day? And I didn't want to like complain. I didn't want to be like, oh God. So I just bit it. And I was like, totally, yeah, not a big deal. And booked a second $500 ticket. Oh man. Because, yeah, it wasn't refundable because you had messaged me after like the, I guess like the 24 hour period where you could refund it. And I remember being so stressed. I had never spent that much money on anything. And it's a thousand dollars. And I I did come in and I did end up telling you about it. And you told me that if I got the job, you'd refund me for one of the tickets. And I did get the job, so I got refunded for one of the tickets at least. <laughs> Hopefully it was worth it. Yeah. That yeah. was uh yeah, best money I ever spent. <laughs> that was a big screw up. Now, as far as like you and I, we have been pretty fortunate. Knock on wood. We don't have a whole lot of awful stories. Yeah. Um, there is, um, uh, there's one that it wasn't even that awful. It was just kind of more embarrassing. The intern car wash. Oh my God. That was my idea. So it's even more embarrassing. The intern car wash was like, Hey, we want to raise money for, there was a flood in Duluth and we said, okay, let's have interns wash people's cars. And admittedly, it was kind of based on an idea of like, wasn't they weren't supposed to, they were supposed to wear like short shorts and bikini tops. Was that, do I remember it right? Or do Basically, I not remember? We had super attractive interns, like guys and girls. They were all attractive. We're like, this will be great. And all the interns were totally into it. They were excited to do it. Like we did not pressure them to do that. So we found a, um, uh, some sort of a car lot or something. And we set it up and we advertised it. We got hoses and buckets and and we talked about it for days on end. And I remember when I pulled up, it was over near St. Paul, like near Little Canada somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I pulled in and there was nobody in line. I really expected there to be like 40, 50 cars in line yep. and making tons of money. And it was going to be tons of fun. And I think through the afternoon, maybe five people showed up. Yeah, it was really embarrassing. And I felt bad because I think and it's, we've talked about this, but situations like that, you the business owner expected us to bring out a bazillion people too. And we were like, eh, nope. And it, looking back, I mean, it's not that it was the worst idea necessarily. And I'm not blaming it totally on location. But one thing we've learned is you got to make it like the most convenient location you possibly can. So kind of out in a strange spot in St. Paul was not the best location either. But yeah, it sucked. It was just embarrassing. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't horrible, and nobody you know lost their job, and nobody you know there's no per permanent um, 
ramifications from it. It was just like one of those things where that's our nightmare in radio. Well, one of our nightmares is to do an appearance that nobody shows up at. And I've done many that, of those. And that was one. Well, that's another thing is that there are certain places where they say, you know, we have lovely clients. We appreciate them all so much. But some of them say, hey, if you guys come out and, you know, do an appearance out here, well, of course, the, the place is going to be packed. And uh, and it doesn't always work that way. And it's fun to go yeah. out and meet the, you know, if, if we go out and do something at McDonald's and we have a bunch of tickets for Star Party or Jingle Ball, trust me, people are going to show up like crazy. But yeah. just to meet us, they really don't. And no. it's kind of weird because we can go stand out at like, you know, ABC store or whatever it is, and they'll bring in like extra help because they think there's going to be so many customers and then four people show up and we're like, <laughs> yeah, hey. well, sorry about Ooh, that. Yeah. All right. So, so let's go back before we even met, because yeah. I know you got some stories about, you know, wherever you want to start, whichever story you want to tell about radio war st- horror, horror stories. Horror stories. Okay. So I ha- I wrote down a list of a few things that were kind of like, here are some funny bits, but here are a couple of promotions. So I'm going to start with like the lamer one and then go to the one that was just horrific. So we did when I was a I was a promotions director for a while, um, for a couple of stations, and we did one of those uh, contests where uh, we give away like a hundred spots. Every person that comes out, they get a key to the car, and they have to get in the car and turn the ignition. And the whoever turns the ignition over wins the car. So. In a promotion like that, you're hoping it's not one of the first few people because then the you know the event is over quickly. So as we're going, it's like, oh my God, we've been through 50 people. Oh my God, we've been through 70 people. Oh my God, we're on the last person. And they get in the car and everyone's like, oh, waiting for it to turn over. And it doesn't turn over. And <laughs> I will never oh. forget everyone. Because like, then I'm the promotions director. So I immediately started like panicking. Yeah. Because it's like, well, crap, what happened? So we had to do it all over again. And someone had just put their key in wrong. So all oh. of the excitement was gone. It was so, it, so it, yeah. So they didn't have to redraw a key. They kept their same key. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because and if then, you redrew then and somebody else won, then that would have meant somebody should have won that didn't win. So yeah. they just, so what number of person do you remember was like 32 or was it 74? Yeah. Or do you have a- it seriously was. It was like 20-something. It would have been pretty early on in the contest that we found the winner. But no one even really cared at that point. It was kind of like all – like the excitement was just gone. Oh, it yeah. Was, it sucked. Yeah. But the best one I will ever remember, I worked for – in the promotions department. I was not the promotions director at the time. I think I was an assistant. And our country station – did one of these contests. I think you guys have probably done it before, Dave, where everyone has to have their hand on the car. Yeah. And then whoever's the last person with their hand on the car, they win the car. So we had set up with a local place, and I actually looked them up today um, because they're still open. It's called Grandy's. It's kind of like a Denny's, but it's fried chicken, like fried chicken Southern Comfort Meals. Okay. And we had set up for them that, you know, at a certain point, we would take a break. Everyone gets to take their hand off. They get to have like dinner or lunch. So we fed everyone grandies and we go back to the car. Everyone puts their hands on and slowly but surely, everyone starts getting horrifically oh, sick. Oh, no. Oh, Every, God. Not a couple people, 
every single contestant got food poisoning. Oh my god! Yep. Oh, and shit. people were sweating. They were get, like puking. They were dropping off like flies. And I even I, I I think I blocked it out of my memory because it was so horrific for the restaurant for the car dealership, for us as a station, I blocked it out. I actually texted the promotions director today. I said, hey, Holly, do you remember how we ended up uh, clearing that up? And she goes, I honestly think the last person to poop their pants basically won oh by default. Oh, my God. <laughs> Poor grandies of all the awful things. That's terrible because everybody got the impression, and probably all the listeners too, that don't eat at grandies. Yep. What a – shit place. Wow. Yeah. And that was like a great spot and everyone went there and it definitely got a really bad reputation for a while. Obviously it still survived. It's still standing. Um, But I remember like that was, yeah, that was like news, local news. It was bad. That makes me ill, like queasy just thinking about it because food poisoning is the worst. Yep. Um, I remember there was a place over by Rosedale Mall somewhere and I can't remember the name of it, but 15 or 20 years ago, they were all over the news because they had like everybody there got food poisoning. Like oh. there was a horrible case of like everybody that went the entire weekend or something got food poisoning. So the the health department closed them down. And so one morning we said, you know, we planned it well in advance that we would serve breakfast and they were up and running again and come by and get free breakfast if you, you know, and to prove that they're safe again. And they were. Yeah. But still it was like, uh, food poisoning is the worst. I've had it one time in my life. And yeah. it's, it, I was out, just out for like evening, nine o'clock until probably like three o'clock the next afternoon. Yeah. I had, um, I had it one time in Reno, Nevada and it was a time that I was like kicking my boyfriend out and his, he didn't live in Reno anymore. He had moved back to Indiana. So his friend who lived in Reno came over and I was like carrying boxes out to him, puking in my yard. And he was like, oh. can, yeah, he was like, we can do this a different day. I'm like, no, I want it out of my house. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's so horrible. It was. Wow. Um, Okay. Um, uh, We'll talk about boyfriends and girlfriends and things and relationships at radio stations here in a second. Yeah. uh, Because we both have some stories about that. But do you have any other stories? I know you do before Mm -hmm. we move into that. Well, I wrote down a bunch of random things. Like uh, the first time I ever saw drugs ever was because of my radio career. It was – we were in – Lake Tahoe for an exhibit Nelly concert with Dennis Hoff. I don't know if anyone knows who Dennis Hoff is now. He, I believe, has passed away, but he's the legendary guy in charge of like the Bunny Ranch. So it would always be Dennis Hoff with all of these, you know, women from the Bunny Ranch. And they'd come out on stage. And I'll never forget, it was the biggest catastrophe of an event concert that I've done because it started with me going into a hotel room and I saw drugs all over the table, like cocaine. And I remember as soon as I walked in, my morning show partner was in that room and he knew that was not my scene. He goes, Fallon, you need to turn around and get out of this room. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I saw the drugs. I'm like, oh yeah, this is not where I'm going to be. And I like turned yeah. around and I don't think my morning partner did drugs. I don't know, but he knew well enough to get me out. So then we go uh, to the to the actual venue. We're behind the stage and my boss is there and he has this shirt where it lights up like, um, 
I like as the music hits, his his shirt lights up with it. Okay. And Exhibit comes down late. Like he is super late to perform. He's uh, excited because his brother just got out of jail. He's walking down the stairs. He's eating a plate of food. Like you bothered me in the middle of my dinner. I guess I'll come perform really quick. Okay. And he walks up to my boss who is tiny. And he's like, I want your shirt. And my boss was like, oh, uh, yeah. And he's like, no, give me your shirt. And he goes to like take it. And then exhibits like handler person was like, hey, man, leave him alone. Like, we'll get you your own later. And he goes, okay. And he walked away and he goes on stage and performs. So my morning partner, he's like, he's a big fan of Dennis Hoff. Dennis Hoff would have like the radio guys out to the bunny ranch. So he brings Dennis Hoff and his ladies on stage and he's like, hey, everyone, let's have a dancing contest between the ladies. And I will never forget, Dave, I was standing on stage just with the most horrific look on my face probably as these women, I don't even know if they were wearing underwear with the shortest skirts ever, were doing the most aggressive dances. And I look out and it's an all-ages show. Oh, God. And I am watching children children watch this happen and we got ripped we were annihilated for this and and my you know my who who when you say that who like the listeners or the press or uh, everyone okay so it started with listener complaints obviously then that went to my boss and he got into a bunch of trouble then he called like myself and my morning partner and obviously I got off because I had nothing to do with it my morning partner was getting ripped and then he was fighting back at to my boss being like you were there too you were like laughing and taking photos you don't get to like <laughs> act like it's all me and they were going oh, back and forth God. and it was so gross that whole night I look back and I feel like I can remember so many details because it was so not my scene but such a funny representation of my time living in that area because it just God. I just I never felt like I fit into that area for some reason like I loved I made some great friends but it's never truly felt like I fit in you know it's funny it just makes me think about how radio is loaded with people who are in positions of authority and power but don't necessarily have the discretion uh because oh, no. we're just we're just run differently and we promote differently than like Target or another court, like a Best Buy. Mm -hmm. We take sometimes the most colorful, daring people and put them in charge instead of the smartest, brightest people. We'll put the the ones who are just like nuts in charge of a radio station. And there's not necessarily, there's not really any formal training for radio. It's like experience and success that gets you to the next level. But also there's really a whole lot of, um, I don't know if nepotism is the right word, but it's like, I'm going to promote my buddy or this guy is fun to drink with or she knows how to party. So I'm going to put her in a position of authority. Oh, for sure. And it's it's not a lie when they say it, our industry is all about who you know. <laughs> it is. And it's like not only who you know, but who's to fun who's fun to hang out with. Yeah. And I think that um, you know, going back to the drugs thing, I've been in radio f- since I was 16, and I have never seen I had one morning guy that I worked with um that he had he did cocaine and we did it one time at one of his parties. We had like a, this was the party um where like the general manager was going away and and everybody got naked in the hot tub. I mean, all the women got naked in the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. And and the morning guy and I went into his bathroom at his apartment and and I did one line of cocaine and I don't remember any effect it had on me at all. But I never had record people or labels or anybody ever offer me cocaine. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people did. I mean, I especially back in the day, it was kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, after the hot tub party where the HR woman, I'll never forget it. She was a redhead named Sandy and she was married and she was naked on my lap, pushing my hand toward her crotch. Oh, my and, God. Uh, and and I was like, and the next day at work, everybody was like, like, couldn't make eye contact. It was like, hey, hey, how are you? Oh, it was yeah. like just the most awkward thing. It was a fun party. I'm but sure. I, I'll never forget it. But it was like, just you just don't want to do that with your coworkers and then go in. But the general manager, like, I think she kept. I think she kept her underpants on. Okay, but well, just classic. imagine. Yeah, just imagine your your general manager who you, and I loved her. She was great, and she didn't take shit off of anybody. And uh, there she is in the hot tub with her wet white underpants on. So yeah, no, we've had. We used to have some pretty good Christmas parties where highly inappropriate things happened between people because it would always be the hotel and they'd always trade out hotel rooms with the with the hotel and everyone got a hotel room. So it was just debauchery. Yeah. And I, I, that probably doesn't happen with Target and Best Buy, but radio, again, no. just a different kind of a business. <laughs> <It> so. <is. laughs> Okay. Um, uh, other things, Fallon. I don't know when. I don't know when your story supply is exhausted. Okay. So I don't want to keep going to the well if you're done. But I don't want to cut you off if you're not done. Well, I don't know if like I don't know if this falls into it at all because it's not a horror story. But I it just made me start thinking of one of the funniest radio bits I ever did. And I don't know if you cover stuff like this, but it was something I was really surprised we didn't get in trouble through the FCC for. Um, because we actually did uh, – my coworkers, I've told you this, they were one of like – we got the FBI called on us because they did the bit where they're like – they went down to the copy machine, talked about it on the air, made copies of dollar bills, and went downstairs and tried to use them in the candy machine. Oh, and boy. the FBI were called on them because, yeah, that's illegal. You can't yeah. make copies of money. But then – <laughs> we were like, we used to prank our front desk woman all the time. She was like this super sweet, religious, older woman. And her name was Linda. And she's she's passed since then, but she's so she was so sweet. And she would get so mad if any of the radio stations put her on the radio. She did not want to be on the radio. Mm -hmm. So we called and pranked her one day and asked if there was a Mike Hunt working there. Oh, God. Are you serious? Yep. And she was like, Mike Hunt? And we're like, yes. Is does is there a Mike? <laughs> is there a Mike this Hunt? the worst bit ever. I know. And oh she was God. like, no, but it gets better. And I, we have audio. My, I, I talked to my friend Sarah. She still has audio. And she goes, no, but we have a Mike Beavers. And we had a Mike Beavers that worked there. And it wasn't set up at all. And she's, for her oh. sake, we don't have a Mike Hunt, but we have a Mike Beavers. We <laughs> died and we were rolling and it was so funny. Oh. And we're like, we're going to get fired. Oh my God. Because in Indiana it was way more strict than here in Minnesota. Like it was Bible Belt Central. You did not say stuff like that. Mike it, Hunt. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> so that was so did you get in trouble for this? No. We well, she got she did get really mad. She got very upset and was like, "Do not put me on your station ever again." Da, 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 da. And she, and she, and I understood why. And so we were like, "Sorry, Linda. You know, it was just it was just for funsies, you know." And um so yeah, we felt bad, but also it was hilarious. So we were very proud of doing it. 
Wow. It is a funny bit, though. It is Too bad we, we, don't, we don't have a receptionist anymore because we haven't been open in a year. No. So we can't do that bit. We also don't have a Mike Beavers that works at our station no, that would do like a perfect follow-up. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, but okay. those are my main ones other than I, I was telling you earlier that um, because we didn't do a lot of uh, attacks on our competition. We didn't like our competition and we hated them. And I think we probably did generic things like rip down their banners at, you know, events, but that's about it. Um, but actually when I started doing nights, their night guy would call me all the time and we would like talk on the phone as friends. I had a kind of a crush on him. He had a girlfriend, I think, but I felt like he had a little bit of a crush on me as well. Oh, probably, yeah. And but nothing ever happened. We never met up or anything. And but we would talk during our shows sometimes. Well, you know, it's funny because it used to be really just ugly competition between radio stations, and it doesn't happen here in the Twin Cities. Um, there used to be a guy who was on another radio station who was the last guy that I remember in this market that would talk endless shit about KDWB and endless shit about the people who worked there and me and even my family. And, uh, and it was, and it was awful, just awful. And then he ended up getting fired and he had the nerve to call our boss and say, yeah, I bet you never expected me to call you looking for a job. Uh And my and my boss said, you know what? Yeah, you can basically go screw yourself because you're never going to work in our company again. Wow. So, does he work in radio anywhere? Uh, he does. Yes, he okay. does. Um, but that's just something that it used to be not that bad. That was that was ugly. Uh, but it used to be more competitive like you would go to another station's you know, promotion. Or if you were both at the XL Energy Center for the Taylor Swift concert, you would go and rip down their banners. And you would go and like one guy that I knew that he was a good guy, but he would be like, yeah, I would go over to their booth and and, and step on a stink bomb so everybody would clear out. Oh, gosh. You know, it smells like a big, giant, awful fart. And, yeah. um, and it was kind of funny, but it was kind of harmless. But I think those days are kind of gone because mm-hmm. everybody – it's just a different business now in that way. It used to be the radio station. Every station I ever worked at had to change their hotline every three or four months because the hotline is something that we don't usually really use it now that we all have cell phones. But if the boss heard you do something or the bo- or somebody was outside and locked out, they would call the hotline, which is like the big red phone at the station. And you would call and say, hey, I'm outside or you got dead air or you know, I'm going to be late or whatever. And we used to have to change that number all the time. We've had the same hotline number at KWB now for 20 years because nobody does that shit anymore. And I'm really glad they don't because yeah. it was just like not fun. Well, also uh, we work in, like you kind of mentioned, we work in an industry the same as uh, with the guy you brought up a minute ago where it's not the most stable career. It's like you don't want to burn a bridge with someone and then get fired and you have to go to that person and ask for a job and they're like, no, remember when you were awful to me? Yeah, no kidding. I just, I don't know. I think when I was in Las Vegas, um, uh, I would make fun of the other radio stations. I was like 22, 23. I'd make fun of the other morning shows, but not in a really awful way. Just like make a joke about, oh, yeah, they're so boring over there that all their listeners gave up on them and came to. I mean, that's not funny, but I would say probably shit like that. Right. Um, Okay. Let's talk about, and this came up a little while ago, um, relationships and romances and affairs and things like that at the radio station. Mm -hmm. And it's like any workplace where whether you work at you know a plumbing company or whether you work in an accounting firm. It's likely you're going to run into somebody over the course of your career that you 
start to date or go out with or even marry, you know, it, and it does happen. Well, you had that happen and mm-hmm. we're not trying to dig up old dirt, but you know, you had a story with, you know, you, you were at the radio station for a couple of years and then you started dating Paul. Yeah. I wasn't even at the station for a couple of years. I think I was with you guys for like six months or a year when we started dating. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, obviously that was, uh, my one and only relationship I had here. I didn't date anyone else before I dated Paul here and fell for him really quickly. Yeah, we got married. We were we dated for like a year, got engaged, and then we got married less than a year later than that. So and then obviously now we're divorced. But so I've I've dated someone at almost every radio station I've worked for, I think. And it's always been okay, you know. It's like you date for a while and you break up, and and um, uh, and then the only thing is that you have to in- see them afterward. And yeah. I've I've run into that a couple of times when I was in Phoenix. Um, one of the promotions assistants, and we're still friends now, and she's married and I'm married. But back then, um, we had we dated, and then we broke up, and then we had to see each other in the hallway, and we just hated seeing each other in the hallway. Yeah, because we will were like say- bitter and. Luckily, that's not the case. Like, I th- I'm sure in the beginning it was like weird and stuff, but um, and for all I know, he could have avoided me. I don't know, but um, thankfully, we're not like that anymore. Now he just texts me when there are free donuts in the kitchen. So it's like, oh, those okay. motherfuckers over at K Fan, they have a pizza oven. <laughs> they they have a pizza oven. Well, they have a refrigerator freezer full of uh, pizza at the radio station, and a little rotary pizza oven at the in the kitchen. And we could I get our own pizza oven, but they do have could. sponsored pizza, I believe. Yeah, I know. They have like free pizza coming in all the time, but they have guests coming in and out all the time. So kudos to the guys at K-Fan for figuring out how to get a free pizza sponsor because we've never had that. But for then again, sure. you and I, the last thing that you and I need is a lot of free pizza. No, so. I know. There's like, you know, I feel like I want to be like just like a guy on a sports station where everyone's like, hell yeah, let's drink and eat our asses off. Because like, it's like. That's the life I want, you know? I just want oh, people totally. to salute me overeating and drinking. I mean, I do it regardless <laughs> with the overeating. <laughs> but, like, wouldn't it be cool if people were like, yeah, I'm doing it too. Um, but, well, like, others – I try to think of, like, other stations. When I worked in Indiana, I dated a guy briefly. Actually, I never dated him. That's a lie. I made out with him. And then okay. he started dating my boss. And then they broke up. And, like, the day after they broke up, like, the day was still very fresh – we got hammered at the company Christmas party. We were making out everywhere. Every single coworker saw us. So it got right back to my boss very oh, quickly. Boy. I had to I like had to write her a long apology note um, because I felt so guilty. Obviously, that was like such a tacky thing to do. But I was also under. I think I was twenty years old. I wasn't even of age at that point. Very stupid. And he was a fantastic kisser. You know, I got to be honest. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's uh, the only thing that went wrong is that other people found out. Yeah, um, that was the big problem. Did you ever hook up at the radio station during or before or after your show? Yes, I did in Reno. I dated a guy there for a little while and I hooked up with him. And that was one of those things where um, he worked at the same station as me. And I just, when I got the job here, I was just like, I was, I'll be honest, I was over that relationship and looking for my exit anyway. So getting this job and leaving was my easy mm-hmm. out. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, I think uh, one time when I was in Colorado Springs, I was 21 
And my girlfriend, you know, I did the night show. So it was after business hours. You know, people could, I could easily have guests in and nobody would really care. So if she brought me dinner, brought me, you know, whatever, something. Um, uh, I remember there was a, a, the song I think was Hungry Heart by Bruce Springsteen. This is a long time ago. Okay. Three minutes and 19 seconds. And, uh, <laughs> and we had just enough time to hook up in my office um, uh, during that song. And I remember thinking, God, I got to hurry up. I got to finish because <laughs> the hungry heart's going to be over any second now. And I don't know if I like, could hit it on the radio or what, but in three minutes and 19 seconds, we were able to run down the hall, hook up, finish, and then come back and be on the radio in time. See, that's exciting sex though. That's like the exciting kind. Yeah. And that was kind of my record for like length of time too, three minutes and 19 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, We all have like, like, here's my fastest mile. That was your longest sexual experience for you. There was one in Columbus and this was the guy. He was such a player. He was a good looking guy and very just charming and sort of a quiet, charming, very intelligent sort of way. And um, he used to go home in the middle of the day or either go to the – there was a girl in the sales department that he was hooking up with. And uh, and I don't know how everybody knew it, but he would go to her house while she was supposedly out on a sales call and hook up there and go to his house or something like that. Mm. So um, I don't think that I have any really illicit like radio station hookups. I mean I dated a girl um, – Kathy Catherson, as you call her, um, <laughs> uh, who worked at the radio station in Las Vegas. And I later become convinced she was a, a prostitute because there was a lot of prostitutes in Las Vegas. Yeah. And uh, she always had a lot of money. She had a beautiful car. She didn't really have a job. She did like, you know, research at the radio station, which probably back then paid about three fifty an hour. And uh, she didn't have another job. And so I dated her for a while. Um Columbus, I think, you know, it doesn't, there's no exciting stories. There's just, that's the problem. There's just no real exciting stories about that. So, all right, Fallon, is there anything else that you want to tell a story about on radio war stories or horror stories? I forget sometimes what I call the podcast. Is there, (laughs) is there anything that we missed? I don't think so. I think, uh, I, sometimes I wish I had worked in radio in like the craziest era. So I'd have super crazy stories. And also part of me is thankful I did not because I am, I, I can't handle that kind of intensity. I, I think I would have snapped. I think I would have been too scared of getting in trouble all the time. You know, it was a, di- it was a different world back then for many reasons because our morality and standards and respect toward each other just wasn't at the level that it is now. Yeah. Um, you know, you if you drank at work and nobody found out, it was okay, or if only your friend knew about it. But can you imagine that now? Or if you brought in like, you know, listeners to hook up with or finished your shift and went over to some listener's house to hook up. Oh my um, gosh, no. And it was just it was just way a less kind of a it was it's more sterile now. Yeah. Everything well, is. Everything's run by corporations. And back then it was run by some rich guy who, you know, lived in a mansion at the edge of town. So and, well, just and, so you know, we're throwing those standards out the window tomorrow because we are drinking during the show tomorrow. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to be up to listen for it. So, well, um, what is your plan tomorrow? You have the day off. What are you going to do? I'm going to go flying tomorrow uh, in the afternoon. What about the morning during the I'm, show? I'm probably going to, you know, I offered. I said, do you want me to come in? And you said no. And I appreciate no, that. Take the day off. Yeah. So definitely, I appreciate that. And I asked the boss, I said, is it okay if I don't come in? He said, yeah, take the day off. So, I'm going to sleep in a little bit, listen to you guys, and then I'm going to go flying. And then, you know, it's a Monday, so we've still got to work on the show for Tuesday. Yeah. So we'll do that. And um, 
really not much. But good luck tomorrow on International Women's Day. Thank you. We are loud. We are proud. We are going to play a lot of women artists. And we really are drinking. We're going to play Never Have I Ever tomorrow at like 7. Are you serious? You're drinking tomorrow? Yeah, I I wasn't kidding. We're not going to get hammered because we got to do a full show. But we're going to play Never Have I Ever with beer shots. Have you ever been drunk on the air before? Uh, yes, I feel like once, but I, I don't remember the context now. And I don't, I feel like it was like something for a birthday or something where I was forced to do shots, but never super drunk. No. I think I was one time I went out with a listener and, um, she, um, we went to a bar and we drank and then I came on at midnight and then I was drunk on the air at midnight until six. It was miserable. It was (laughs) miserable. Because it's not fun to try to do something that requires some, you know, uh, skills. Yep. Because you keep screwing it up and you can't stop because you're drunk. So yeah. it was not fun. So we agreed quickly to do beer shots because when a couple of weeks ago, Jenny took a couple of fireball shots, she was actually feeling it. And she was like, uh, I don't, and I was like, yeah, I'm not, I didn't want to do real shots of like liquor anyway. I don't think that's good for any of us. So I don't blame you. Well, have fun tomorrow. Thank you. And Fallon, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Okay, that was really cool. You know what? A lot of those stories I had not heard before. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I still want to do some more radio war stories if you are a radio person. I get a lot of radio people that listen to this, and I would love to have you on. Uh, If you sent me an email before offering to be on, then I might have missed it. So that's my bad. I My email box is ridiculous sometimes, but I would love to hear from you. If you're a radio person, you're going, I got to tell Dave about this because that would be really good. Then please do send your email to uh, Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. And to you, the non-radio person, hey, thank you so much for checking this out. I think I hope you get a kick out of this behind-the-scenes stuff in a very unusual and unique business that really is like no other that I have loved for so long. And you know what? It still gives me a thrill. Whenever I walk into the studio, I still get a little thrill knowing that I get to do this for a living. And I've never done anything else for a living aside from, you know, like high school jobs of washing dishes and selling hot dogs at Air Force football games. So it's been a lot of fun. I mean, more than a lot of fun. A a party is a lot of fun, but this has been a career and I've loved it and have so much to uh, thank you for, for supporting the podcast and my show for all these years. Uh, That's it. I'll see you next time here on Take a Shower. Show up on time and don't steal anything.